The food delivery business is booming and it shows no signs of slowing down. There's major growth across all the big name food delivery apps. There's one food delivery trend, however, that hasn't gone along for the ride. Ghost Kitchens. We had a proliferation of suddenly 80 to 100 different brands showing up. Nobody has heard of those brands before. They had some catchy names to it. They put on like a fake profile where they were the meltdown. And it was really just some chef in a Denny's like making my food. Big brands like Wendy's and Kroger-based Kitchen United are ditching the Ghost Kitchen model. Delivery companies themselves are removing them from their apps. And ghost kitchen companies like Cloud Kitchens, which was led by Uber's old CEO, is closing down stores and laying off workers to stay afloat. This is a deep dive into the rise, fall, and future of ghost kitchens. The COVID-19 pandemic caused big changes in American dining habits. Closed restaurants and kitchens sent hungry diners to delivery apps. Restaurants without delivery options closed shop, and their chefs turned to ghost kitchens as a new way to make money. They paid a little bit of rent, and they were up and running. And so that, uh, that all together really contributed to significant growth uh, and appeal for ghost kitchens. The alternatives were really a food truck or starting your own restaurant. And in both of those cases, the cost of capital and getting started is really high. For a new concept like us, we needed the activation energy to go live to be as low as possible so we could test out our ideas. We had no idea if this was going to work, how our customers would respond. We just had to get out there and do it. And soon, big brands joined the sector. Some of these big restaurant brands, um, they had many locations across the US during the pandemic that was just sitting there idle, right? And so for them, it was, pretty easy and convenient to them to say, okay, well, let me use at least my kitchen to start serving those customers. Popular restaurant chains like Denny's, Ruby Tuesday, Boston Market, Applebee's, and Wingstop jumped on the pandemic buzz of ghost kitchens. Investors went all in with top funded companies in the ghost kitchen space, raising more than $3 billion in venture financing between 2020 and 2022, according to Crunchbase data. The other contributing factor to the growth of Ghost Kitchens was that during the pandemic, you had some entrepreneurs that saw an opportunity to build their own small brand in a very cost-effective way and started their own restaurant business. And they just went to these kitchens. The Ghost Kitchen boom caused companies like Nimbus Kitchen in New York City to try and catch the wave. The startup opened up several commercial kitchen spaces that it rents out to chefs. I founded Nimbus out of personal need. I was looking to launch my own food business and couldn't find a commercial kitchen space to operate out of. Food businesses come to us, they rent kitchen space that is turnkey, ready for them to come into, but they're renting it on a longer term basis. So our typical rental starts at a six month term and goes up to multi-year contracts. So we take care of utility payments, grease trap cleaning, pest control, all of the maintenance that goes into running a kitchen, that's all baked into the price. We needed to have a place that was DOH compliant where we could launch happy boards and bring cheese and charcuterie on demand. We met several kitchens and restaurants to try to figure out what would feel like a home. Where could we go? And with Nimbus, we toured their locations and found the community, the vibe, 
the infrastructure ready to go plug and play, we were able to launch Happy Boards in under 30 days. In 2021, commercial real estate company CBRE forecasted that ghost kitchens would account for 21% of the U.S. restaurant industry by 2025. Food analysts estimated that the ghost kitchen industry would reach a market size of $1 trillion by 2030. There was an expectation from the investor community that this trend that started really or really picked up during the pandemic uh, was going to continue after the pandemic. Um, but what we really saw is that these ghost kitchens um, became less popular. Consumers just went back to their old habits. At Deloitte, we're doing a restaurant customer study almost every year, and we really track sentiment of customers. And they told us over half of them are actually going back to restaurants at the same rate as or even more than before the pandemic. The second thing that customers are telling us is that they wanted to go back to their favorite brands, not an obscure virtual brand that came out of nowhere. Third factor that really played into the decline of ghost kitchens is a bit more recent, the price inflation that we've experienced over the last few years. The reality is delivery is not cheap not for the restaurant owner, but also for the consumer. Another hit to the business was stronger delivery app regulation. Many customers complained about the clandestine nature of some of the ghost kitchens, which didn't have real addresses or would even be someone's home address. At the end of the day, these were just like virtual kitchens and that really made it very difficult for customers to really know where their food is coming from, who's making it, which brand is truly behind this. And I think that's where rightfully so, some of the third party delivery apps went in and said, hey, we gotta need to clean this up a little bit. Transparency is key. I think it's really disconcerting as a consumer to find out that your food was cooked in a church basement or in a semi-industrial warehousing district that has never really seen the light of day. And something that we've really been intentional about here at Nimbus is increasing transparency between the operators that are cooking in our kitchens and the end consumer. We've done that in a number of ways. Firstly, we are in ground floor spaces with floor to ceiling windows. People walking by on the sidewalk can literally look into the kitchens and see their food being prepared. So really making sure that the consumer knows where their food is coming from. A second key part of increasing transparency is our community-facing front-of-house spaces. We have show kitchens and event spaces where consumers can come in, they can order from the businesses that are cooking in the back of house, they can eat the food on site, and they can interact with their brands through event programming. Delivery apps purged thousands of these problematic ghost kitchens from their systems and added stricter regulation to businesses in the sector requiring menus that differed from the parent company, photos of unique food items, and a higher customer review average. Closures and expansion cancellations rocked the industry. Uber co-founder Travis Kalanick's ghost kitchen startup Cloud Kitchens, which raised more than $850 million in 2022, announced job cuts, mass closures, and restaurant deals fell through for the company. The last two years saw even more closures across the industry as the oversaturated market saw a hollowing out and the popular pandemic darling began suffering a quiet death. I just don't really think that many of the, the, the larger brands are gonna keep investing in ghost kitchens. I'm not saying that ghost kitchens are gonna disappear at all because I think there is still a use case 
For smaller brands, there is absolutely still an efficiency play there. It's easier to share a kitchen and a lot of these ghost kitchens are close to customers. So especially in areas where you have a lot of customers, where maybe you as a brand don't have the real estate the footprint, many restaurants already, there's still a use case there for ghost kitchens. So I don't think that they will disappear. Despite the downturn in branded ghost kitchens, Nimbus Kitchen is finding momentum by focusing on events and catering, not just delivery, what the company calls co-cooking spaces. We have four locations across New York City, and in that portfolio have 40 rentable kitchen units and four rentable event spaces. Um, we're intentionally a very flexible product, so food businesses can come to Nimbus and cook for a few hours or a few years and everything in between. And because of that, we work with concepts across the industry and at all stages of growth. We have only about 20% of our membership is delivery concepts, and the rest is a mix of catering businesses, meal prep concepts, packaged goods brands, chefs doing recipe development and training out of our spaces. We believe that the future of the industry is catering towards not only the delivery concepts, again, very important, but to all of these different kinds of food businesses um, that ultimately need the kitchen space to legally sell to the end consumer. Nimbus has a rotating schedule for clients to come in and utilize the space. One business, Happy Boards, found a home there after coming up with a niche food business idea. I moved to New York City two and a half years ago, and on my first weekend, got a little tipsy and had a little too much wine and happened to type charcuterie into Uber Eats and nothing showed up. I was really surprised that I couldn't just push a button and get an amazing charcuterie board delivered to my apartment. And that just started this flywheel of thinking about what it would be like to have something like this available in New York City. So I found an amazing chef, my co-founder, Chef Nelson, and we decided to launch and try an experiment to bring this to New York City. Although co-cooking spaces offer a less costly alternative compared to a restaurant, the operating costs aren't cheap and fees can mount for food delivery businesses. It's no secret, all the different marketplaces have fairly expensive customer acquisition costs, i.e. the marketplace fees. Now, the headline number is anywhere from 15% to upwards of 30%, depending on how much marketing support you take from these platforms. Now, it's also equally important to have our own direct channels. We were really excited that nearly half of our orders every week come in from happyboards.com direct, where we don't play any marketplace fees. At the time during the pandemic, it is clear that the impact of ghost kitchens was overestimated. We see that today with the decline in ghost kitchens. But we're also seeing that in the way restaurant brands are investing. There is absolutely still the shift going on from physical to digital, meaning these days as customers, we want to have the options. It's less about ghost kitchens now. It is more about expansion of drive-through lanes, for instance, or shrinking the dining room and creating more space in the physical restaurant for pickup lines when you order to, through the app or other creative ideas just to make that experience for customers to order and get their food so much more seamless. Shared kitchens and co-cooking infrastructure like Nimbus is here to stay. We've only seen demand increase. Our big picture for Happy Boards is we want to become synonymous with cheese and charcuterie. The way salad is to sweet green or kava might be to Mediterranean bowls, we're looking to build a nationwide brand 
for cheese and charcuterie. I do think uh, the other players in the space need to focus on community. That's what consumers want. That's what the operators who are cooking out of these spaces want. Of course, we're never going to replace a brick and mortar experience in a brick and mortar restaurant, but we can bridge that gap between these hyper-efficient ghost kitchens and that brick and mortar restaurant experience by giving our brands a platform to engage with the end consumer. Everyone wins when there is that focus on community and that focus on experience, and I really think that's the direction that the industry is moving in.